Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. This is Senator Penny Wong. You're listening to Australia's Joy 94.9. Hello and welcome to Been There, Done That on Joy 94.9. Chris here... And with me in the studio, we have today... Gordon. And Phil. And Phil. Just the three of us together again. And the guy playing the piano. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we, we've got him in the corner. <laughs> what have we got on today's show, gentlemen? We've got a lot of interesting things. We've got lots topics. Of things, lots of topics have been happening in Melbourne, actually. There's a oh, few mm. things that have been happening oh, in Melbourne. The, 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 was, there was a horse race, wasn't there? Well, they, they, they just had a sort of a carnival, what they call a carnival. All right. But there was a lot of screaming and a lot of people a horse after the race. Oh, that's right, yes. And, it, and, and, and there was some race that was on, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, we've got some gay icons to talk about who are having birthdays around about this time. One of our gay icons had a birthday during the week. Oh, yes. I'm not an icon, I'm just a year older. <laughs> <laughs> but Philip had a birthday during the week, yes. He did. Yes. So did my doggy Eddie, who turned 14. Did he? Oh, mm. good. That's what's 728, 98, 98 and doggy years in human yeah, years. And still I get no respect. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll also be talking about some overseas international type stories mm-hmm. that affect our community. Could do. Or could do, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And with a little bit of luck, we might have room to talk about the forthcoming anniversary, 100 year anniversary for the end of World War One. Yes, that's coming up, yes. Now, did they call it that then? Well, they didn't because they... That would have been presumptuous, wouldn't it? It would have been, but it was supposed to be the war to end end all wars. The Great War. Well, we called them out on that one, didn't we? Mm. (laughs) Oh, did we As it turns out, it wasn't so great either. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's get on with the first bit then. All those lovely people who got dressed up to come to the... You, you to, to the Flemington-type green paddock. But you've got to realise that this carnival that they have once a year here in Melbourne, starting, oh, usually starts what, with Derby Day and it goes through to the end of the following week or something, rather, yeah. when they have another race or something. It means so much to Melbourne, financially and all the rest of it. Because well, the, it does. The, it's an institution. It's The Melbourne Cup was first run on the 7th of November, 1861. Hmm. So that's a lot of years in between. I wasn't there. 159 years this year. Hmm. And it, you, I wonder, did they play do it during war? Would they have raced horses during I, I'm war? Not, I'm not, I can't remember that. I, I think they may have done. Because yeah. there was, they needed to entertain the people 
and I think that they would have done that during the war. Now, I have I, a vague I, feeling that they did. Now, I know that we sent a lot of horses to World War One, mm. And they uh, never came back. And they never came back, that's true. Mm. But farms were full of horses. This yeah. is before the, the age of machinery. That's right. Yeah, well, they, they, were the, they were the means of and transport and everything. And there was a huge selection of good horses. Mm. Of course, Australia-wide, there was horses selected to go into the race. They were actually bred to race because the first race was had, had around the Haymarket or something rather in, in New South Wales in Sydney. They had a race horse uh, a race course built there and they used to race the horses there and then gradually they built up the racing stock that there of horses that were just bred to run. Is it coincidence that the race is held just after cold and flu season in the middle of hay fever season and they meet in a place called Flemington? <laughs> but that's spelt, that's, with an F. that's spelt with an F, not a PH. Well, <laughs> it's still disgusting. It is disgusting. But it, but but when you when you think of it, the amount of money that the women spend on their dresses and the men on their outfits to get to this carnival, it's uh, it's very very good for business, and that's that's one of the main reasons I think they do it. A, l- a little known fact came out in our prep to this particular radio program is that Australian horses run on grass that's as right. they do in UK. Mm, they don't see that's where they were talking about. We were talking about the race in Sydney where they say it's the richest race run on turf. We won't mention its name. No. Don't uh, wish to promote it. And I had to then point out that Americans race on sand. They don't race on turf at all. It's they, they have sand courses. So it's uh it's one of those things so that this race does qualify as the richest on turf the but only time you hear the word turf used in america is in restaurants when they what for surf. with fish and steak together is surf and turf oh yeah. that's right yeah yeah, yeah. all right there you, you needed to know that <laughs> yes, yes, yes well well philip tell me please what is the old-fashioned greek name for the horse racing arena the old-fashioned Greek name. Do I look like an old-fashioned yeah, Greek? Yeah, well, you should well, know. It's called yeah. A. A, A, what? Starts with H. Yeah. Horse and place. It, no, 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 no. And it's sort of like there's happy a, birthday. Yeah, but there's also a, an, another thing in water. But happy birthday leads me to hippo birdie to use. Exactly. So, well, that's not a horse race. No, but, but the, the first part's part of it. Hippo. Drome. Really? Yeah. Like an aerodrome? Yeah. Hippodrome yeah. means a racehorse. That race would course. have been a really slow race. They've got no, no, very no. little legs. It's where they used to race the chariots was around the hippodrome. And the, um, well, I guess at the time it was hip. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, they used to have a, a theatre called the hippodrome where the horses used to perform as well. Well, I've learned something And then today. you've got hippopotamus is a water horse. That's what yeah, that was optimistic, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, want, couldn't win a race if it tried. Oh, probably in water it might. <laughs> might do, yeah. His horses slow now, down. Now, let's talk about a piece of horse flesh, Farlap yes. himself. Yes. Um, in 1930, he was the Australian-adopted New Zealand horse that won the Melbourne Cup of that particular year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a giant chestnut yes. and you can coloured see, horse. You can actually see him at the museum here in Melbourne. And he was 
gelded. Do you know what gelding means? No. Something you don't want to do by mistake. <laughs> he he lost his spectacles. Yes, well, yes, right. yes, like my Eddie. Yes, he became an. He could, they couldn't breed from him. In other words, no, yes. which is a shame because he was, as I said, a giant, seventeen point one hands high, and that's far, pretty tall. And farlap is a Thai word meaning lightning. And he was a fast he was a runner. fast runner. Yes, he, was, he ran had, like lightning. Had a gay brother. Did he? Who was 17.5 jazz hands tall. <laughs> <laughs> Do your own visuals, people. <laughs> oh, golly gosh. Horses like that found their way to the, the race, and it really stirred up the industry here. As you said before, though, horse racing had been imported to Australia from Britain, well, you see where the, they'd been having race horses for ages, horse races for ages. Well, of course, the people that some of the people that came here were were um, soldiers and that sort of thing, and they came from uh, well connected families, and uh, they wanted to see the horses running. But after the horse that won the original Mel- the first Melbourne Cup, he was a true race horse, so that they did have race horses going because the races had been going in England for years, mm. Mm. and but, the industry has gone full circle. Yes, it does. Because now you can buy horse meat in English supermarkets. Can you really? Not legally. (laughs) (laughs) It's substituted. Now, now, do you know the story why Farlap itself had its name, as it were, changed? No. Oh, but they couldn't spell it. Well, I'm reading from a little bit of a report here. This particular horse was going to have a name called Farlap. F-A-I-L-A-P mm-hmm. as the horse's name. But the Sydney trainer Telford liked, Harry Telford liked the name, but changed the F to a PH to create a seven-letter word and then split it into two words, words so as to replicate the dominant pattern set by previous Melbourne Cup winners. Now, if that's not superstition... Well, the horse racing is full of superstitions and sort of all these sort of things about number this number wins this and that. Some just some like people, the underpants. Yeah, yeah. They they've got to wear a certain tie if they go to the races. Mm. They can't. You don't wear green to the races because green is an unlucky colour at the races for some reason. I've got no idea, but I was told that green was unlucky at races, oh, wow. especially for women wears but, it. Yeah, but what about all those people who treat the race events? of this particular season as an opportunity to get smashed. Blind, rotten, drunk, you mean? Yeah. Mm. Well, you've got to celebrate something. And yeah. it's always five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I I've, I've, I've went to the Melbourne Cup one year when it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it didn't stop raining. But I'd fortunately and taken a couple of army ponchos with me to keep dry. I've never been, and it didn't rain. Oh, coincidence. Well, so it's a coincidence, yes. <laughs> and all those lovely ladies in their high heeled shoes sinking into the turf and into the mud and falling over. Yeah, well, my friend, she was complaining it's ruined her $220 pair of shoes. <laughs> well, oh, there's awful. a message there. But yeah. what about the poor animals with their the whips? I mean, there's animal welfare oh, yeah, involved well, the, in this as well. At the end of every carnival period, you usually see a lot of people writing into the papers about the whipping the horses. A lot of the times they don't even hit the horse. They just wave it, and the horse sees the whip. Well, it can't. It's got blinkers. No, they don't all race with blinkers. They've also they pick the horses that like it. Oh, yeah. There's a little club down at the back of the track. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the whipping post. That's right. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. we know the oh, name of it. We then. know that one. <laughs> you can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au.
Melbourne's lovable radio station, Joy 94.9. And you're with Phil, Chris and Gordon. Been there, done that, Joy 94.9. Yes, here we are again. Still. Still. Whatever. And loving it. Oh, are we? Oh, good. Yes. Oh, that's what it's called, is it? I that Maxwell Smart. Oh, right. Yeah. But he was only just, he was only ever that close. No, he'd missed it by that, that much. <laughs> but he'd be under all these stresses and threats of injury or death. But he only and missed it by that. And up in it. <laughs> <laughs> From our anniversaries book, we've got a couple of people who are having birthdays around about this time. Yesterday, on the 5th of November, in 1968, was born Penelope Yingyen Wong, yes. better known in Australia as Penny Wong. Senator Penny Wong. Indeed. Yes, yes. And uh, she is a proud icon. She's the first woman to be, a first lesbian to be elected to parliament, the first lesbian to be a cabinet minister, and uh, a very, very intelligent woman when you read her, what's her name? But aren't we lucky to have such a cool head a calm and knowledgeable person on our team. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I mean, look at the rest of the team. <laughs> yes, I, could, I guess you could say that because you, you never see um, Penny get upset. She just is always she's so calm and she's cool. she, and she doesn't raise a voice in an argument or anything. But just, if you're right, you don't have to. This is right, yes. If you don't have to create a fuss if you're saying something that's factual and you, you honestly support it. Yeah, but you often see her, well, she was on television recently uh, discussing something with one of the uh, a man that wasn't going to give her the right answer, and so she just very, very succinctly put it that the, he was sort of not telling the truth or the half truth or something rather. She didn't have to tell him, call him a fibber. No, he, she just the way she just worded the whole thing, you knew exactly what she was getting at. And very I, clever, and very I, clever. Yes, it, it really puts the interviewee on the spot, and they have to think long and hard about how they would answer the questions that she poses. Of course, the other person was a politician as well, and you know how how good yeah. they are obfuscating and, yeah. and skirting around the truth, of course. The deputy leader of the government in the Senate. That's right. And uh, it's a very, very important position. Yeah. But I, I thought she was the leader now. I thought she. Oh well, sorry. In in 2013, yeah, she was appointed yeah, deputy th- yeah. leader, and she is now. Now she's now the she is the leader of the, leader of the, the, of the, of the Senate. That's and, where she has the power, and the first woman to do so. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. Yes, and um, I'm I glad. S- I'm glad we've got her on our team. I just imagine the Senate being the sleepiest place on earth. Oh well, <laughs> it just looks so incredibly well, but boring. When, but but when you get somebody with her intelligence up against people like um, Hanson, uh, um, you know. Um, Paul, oh, well, Pauline, that's, and that's not and fair. One of them is not armed. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you, but you realise that when you get somebody with that amount of intelligence, you you realise that the parliament is in pretty good hands if they have a, a a say in it. You know, which is really good, and that's what you need. You need you need politicians to actually tell you the truth, which is the main thing. People can handle the truth, but they get very upset when the truth is sort of obfuscated and worked around, you know, and they just sort of don't actually come out with what they're supposed to be telling you. Well, politicians who literally say nothing but have got plenty of words. But at least it's better than, please explain. <laughs> I think we've all got inbuilt BS detectors. Oh, we? yes, yes. <laughs> and especially when you, when, you grow, when you grow up gay, you can pick it a mile off when people are not being real. Now, you, Philip, before this little chat, we were talking about 
how Penny seems to have survived without criticism of her gender or her family situations. Yeah, she doesn't seem to get bullied. Now, no. the obvious reason is it would be too scary. <laughs> to Who would dare? <laughs> Who would dare? That's what I would think. Cause but I reckon she could kill you with words oh, if yes. she wanted she to. Would, she would, the, word, the words that she could apply would be very good because she's a, a lawyer. Mm. Um, she's a has a Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Law degree. She's worked as a lawyer in in, in different places, also as as a, a, a what's person to go to for different union movements, the CFMEU and those sort of places. She's had so much experience at being in politics. So we have a lesbian lawyer that legislates. Yes, something like that. That's that's alliteration. That well, it doesn't start with L. <laughs> <laughs> it's got an L in it. But. Yeah. She's a really wonderful, wonderful woman, and I think we're very lucky to have her in the Parliament. Can you imagine her and uh, Julia Gillard in the same government? Yeah, well, they were. Well, they were, but... But they were both sort of... At one stage, Penny didn't want to have um, equal marriage rights, and neither did um, Julia Gillard, but Julia Gillard was controlled by the SDA, who were had that man who was in charge of the SDA, the shop distributor, Allied oh, Industries I you Union. Seven day no, 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 no. <laughs> and he was totally against it, but she owed her situation to being in Parliament apparently because to the unions and all this sort of business, the way they carry on about it. So and you do a deal with the devil, and you yes, that's right. And she had to sit, sort of say no, she didn't want it. But then Penny didn't want it either because she was going with what was the current trend in the opposition at the time or the government at the time. But yep. then she changed her mind, and she she broke down and cried when it was passed through the when the whole vote was passed in the parliament. The yes, vote. yeah, she yeah. And, and I thought good on you. Mm. You know, was it meant so much to her, of course. Certainly did. Now someone else who's having a birthday round about this time is. K.D. Lang. Oh, Miss, Miss Chatterlane. And we missed her on the uh, 2nd of November 1961 was she born. She's nearly as old as me. Canadian. Canadian, yes. Oh, from Canada. Yes. Born, uh, she was born in a very small little country village, wasn't she? Uh, I wasn't in, there. in Canada. She was very, very, it's a very tiny little town. And she grew up in, the, in this tiny little town, as I remember having read her um, biography somewhere along the line. And she grew up uh, as a singer and loved to sing. And uh, so she then used to sing around the, the hotels or something rather in the area. She was a, and, and that's where she got her start from singing. And then she branched out from there and away she went. She got lovely voice, not hard to sort of um, work out who it is. And she performs in bare feet. Yes, she was in bare feet on when I saw her with Tony Bennett at the Hamer Hall. Yeah, she was Many on the Logies ago. singing Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And had bare feet. Mm-hmm. I don't think she sang Hallelujah when she opened the uh, um, Canadian Winter Olympics in up in Whistler because it would have been freezing cold. I don't oh. think she would have had a, would, wouldn't have had bare feet then. No. Well, she could have just because in Canada there are a lot of bears. And if you take their feet, they'd be really warm slippers. Yeah. But you'd still have bare feet. Yeah, but yeah, true. Yeah, but the bears <laughs> There's always might, a workaround. The bears mightn't have liked it. Oh, they didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> now she's well known in our community, of course, for being in supportive of gay rights, uh, being part of our extended family as well. But she's also interested in animal rights and Tibetan human rights. Yeah. And because she's a practitioner in the old school of Tibetan Buddhism, tantric, tantric, 
practitioner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, 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 um, it comes out in the way she um, conducts herself too with that because they're usually very calm and, and um, quiet people. Mm. But a good honour for our animal rights, that's for sure. And there's a lot of, lot of people are in animal rights these days all around the world about the way animals are being treated, which is good because they shouldn't be done to what they are being done to. But good old Katie, Catherine Dawn, she, she's, um, it's very hard when you write her name into a computer with a small K and a small D because it always wants to go to capitals. And small L as well. Yes, yes, it's, it's annoying. But and and the, the period between the K and the D. That's right. We did this search on Friday. Yeah. And um, the, the different search engines give you very different that, results. That, it's, it's, it's annoying because you know what it's supposed to be, but the computer won't let you do it. <laughs> So here we go. Here's a little bit of a song from K.D. Lang. Oh, good. In Perfect Dreams. Oh, yes, that's what we have every night. In perfect dreams, love has no extremes. All the world can be endlessly Joy 94.9. You're on Joy 94.9. Been there, done that with Gordon, Phil and Chris. A very diverse trio. Well, I'm just me. Are you? Mm. That's all I ever was and that's all I ever will be. Oh, good Oh, Well, that's nice. Yeah, well, that's diverse. There's only one of me. That's right. There's only one of me and only one of Chris. Thank goodness. Yeah, you wouldn't want to all be like us, would they? The whole world filled with replicas of us. Well, some perfection is impossible. Cloned copies. Oh, yes, true, I suppose. With you it would be, yes. Well, see, I'm never wrong. Yes. I thought I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. And that's the only mistake you've ever made. I didn't even make that one. (laughs) (laughs) I can deny everything. Yes. No, you can't. A good news story from overseas. On the 29th of the 10th, 2018, about a week ago, a report came in that thousands had actually turned out for Taiwan's annual Pride Parade over that weekend, about 10 days ago. Yeah, I don't think it was very well received in China, though. I don't think they liked oh, well, it very no, much. Oh, no, no. I don't of course, think they liked it very much. They, they are hoping for the one China That's circumstance right. yeah. to actually yeah. end up and occur. Yeah. But I don't think that the current mainland Chinese like the, the way Taiwan is running itself. Well, it's been it's been a thorn in their side for a long, long time ever since Chow, uh, Chiang Kai-shek went there and started the Taiwan Republic or whatever it was. Mm. Yeah. In 2017, Taiwan's constitutional court ruled in favour of same-sex marriage and gave the government until May 2019 to change the law. If they didn't do that, then the same-sex marriage would become legal automatically. Automatic. Mm. So anyway, 137,000 were in attendance for the annual Pride celebration this year, according to the organisers. Tell your story and vote for equality. So they're going through a lot of the things that we've been through and hopefully they have picked up some of the hints that we did uh, in our attempts to uh, obtain equality. Yeah, but they, they've already got it. Because they the, have. But, but they've got to wait for the parliament to pass it. That's yeah. the thing, yeah. And but so they've got to... Well, it's the politicians, mm, again, mm. controlling our lives. There's two lessons to be learned from our example. 
A, the sky did not fall. Oh, no. And no straight people have died from us being gay. No. It's you a, can't catch it. It, it, it. That's right. But you've got people that have got very limited mind capacities to work out the fact that we are all human beings and we just have a right to exist, whether we like it, whether we like it or not. We've been around since before the Bible because we mentioned in the Bible, and I had a very interesting um, article. I can mention this on the radio, but they, they, somebody must have said that, that they must have had marijuana in the time of the um, mm. writing of the Old Testament because it says in Leviticus that you've got to, if a man lies with a man, he has to be stoned. Oh. <laughs> well, it helps. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> no. Getting back to Taiwan, in uh, 2015, a Ministry of Justice poll indicated that 71% of the Taiwanese population that they polled supported same-sex marriage. So there's that figure of 70% plus cropping up yeah, well, in Australia and in Taiwan. Well, we were so the politicians, once again, have just got to recognise that the people are ahead of the politicians hmm, in what they that's want. Right. Yeah, because I've, I've been having this uh, chat about China. You know, they, they say there's a billion people in China. Well, that means there must be a hundred million people that are gay. So there's a, a well, a lot of them are here in Melbourne. Are they? Hmm. Oh, haven't noticed. Well, you should. <laughs> One in particular. Um, recently, we've reported on the fact that India's Supreme Court legalised homosexuality earlier this year, and uh, the High Court in Kenya has announced that they'll be making its ruling whether to legalise homosexuality uh, or not on the 22nd of February 2019. Yes, well, there's a few places in Africa that do not do not recognise it, and they're, they're having a whole big thing about it. Tanzania is one of them, that they, they do not, they're going to bring in a law that, that's make it illegal to be gay, and they're going to find people or put them in jail or something or other if they do do it, if they... If they uh, hmm. Are caught. You well, know. they're going to cleanse the they cleanse the country, and then Uganda is another one of the places. But when in Uganda, you had all these happy clapper uh, American religious people went over there and 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 got them to sort of sign that sort of um, law into into law. You know, can we learn nothing from history? No, like ethnic cleansing and yeah. and the Nazis. It doesn't have a good history. It's yeah. Well, you know, you'd think that. Well, yeah. you would hope that in this year, 2018, you know, we wouldn't be fighting the same fights from decades yeah, but ago. The, but the point is that we have to be very careful here in Australia, of course, because um, we've still got this religious um, review coming up that Mr Ruddock did, mm. and that's still not been released properly. No. Now, well, the High Court in Kenya, they were calling for the repeal of certain parts of the penal code, arguing that they were discriminatory and unconstitutional. However, religious groups in America have been funding the Kenyan Christian Professional Forum to make those rules stay. Why don't they Get your nose out of our bedroom. Why don't they bloody well stay in America? They shouldn't it. be touching other people's penal codes. That's right. Oh, is that what you call it now? That's, <laughs> it's, it was... They should leave it alone. <laughs> Go blind, you know. Now, in Tanzania, you've got to realise that there's a lot of people hanging around. There's 55 million in the last census back, I think, a couple of years ago. But if there's one in 10 is gay... There's 5 million gay There's people. a lot of people. Mm, mm. So there's going to be... Mm. But they're going to round them up. Well... That's what they say they're going to do, anyhow. They won't be able to do that overnight. Oh, you'd never know mm. some of these places where they Can have you these imagine 5.5 million gay people in a confined space? 
I think there'll be a riot. <laughs> I think I think they could do a Stonewall very easily. <laughs> <laughs> um, now Brazil has just elected the far right congressman no. as the the uh, the next president, and he's got some weird and wacky ideas how to to create equality and uh, lower discrimination in his country. This is what hap- is happening all around the world, apparently, at the moment, as the 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 rise of the re- the right. The ultra right wing governments and that sort of thing. People are being elected, like Trump sort of led the charge, and then you've got the in Europe the right wingers started to come through, and they're all sort of against um, the freedoms that we have at the moment. It just goes to show every door that opens with a freedom, another one slams in our face. Yeah, yeah, but that's why we have we have to be very very careful. We can't be complacent. We've got to <clears throat> no. keep up the fight, and this is what's going to happen for a long time yet. Well, Duterte in the Philippines, oh. he is just annihilating all the criminals summarily. Summarily, yeah. Anybody that he thought or they had these vigilantes that thought they were using drugs, they were just going around and shooting people. Mm. And this is what that um, sister Pat that's just been thrown out yeah. of um, that place has been fighting against. That she said that it's just wrong that what what's happening. And yeah, that's but why the new bloke in Brazil, he's basically the same. Uh, he's got the same. Intent. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. And this is where the world is going. To this, it seems to be moving right to the far right at the moment. And, and the Ukraine, the deputy prime minister is introducing a draft bill aiming to criminalise homosexuality. That's right. If passed, the the bill will see fines and potentially jail time for those convicted. Chris, I don't know whether you saw on the television there was something came up about one of the members uh, that are standing for the Cong- I think it's the, the Senate in America and he has been, I think it's in Florida, he's sort of telling people that they're making it a law that you cannot sell your house to a gay person or a black person mm. you know, this is, this is where do you, where, oh god, they just, you wonder but, where, their, where their brains are, don't you? Well no, because in Florida there's, there are tourists and there are people who have died but haven't fallen over yet, <laughs> that's the population <laughs> So, yeah, that, that would be a new idea in Florida, is uh, our property values will go down. Oh, right. Yeah. It's just, it just I, I, when I saw it on the television, I thought, oh, my God. And, of course, with their, the way they're going, I, I, don't, I don't think it'll be very long before somebody challenges the equal marriage rights over in America mm. because now they've got this new judge in there who yeah. will um, do it again. So they're, it's, it's sort they're of going around. Winding back the clock. It's, it's winding back the clock. Everybody's mm. doing it, yeah. Well, We've just been talking about Kenya and Tanzania, which was previously Tanganyika, British colonies of one sort. Uh, The Kenyans, uh, they have wiped out the British laws, but whereas in Tanzania, they're wanting to reinforce the Mm, British laws, mm, mm. you know, hangover for the colonial era legal system. The British colonialists have a lot to answer for, haven't they? They do. They (laughs) do. Now, a little bit of good news. Good news? Oh, good. uh, the, the, The Brits are getting replacement sets of banknotes. They they refresh them every 20 years or so because they're cotton-made, they're not plastic notes, and they sort of wear out. So they've got an opportunity to change the faces or the people that they respect on the notes. And the British people have been asked to nominate who they would suggest for the new £50 note. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be a, a scientist or someone from the scientific community. So someone who's been suggested is... Da, 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 da. Big cheer. 
Not Stephen Hawking. No. Or Ada Lovelace. No. Who I don't know. But the other front runner is the scientist and code breaker, Alan Turing. The man that invented computers, basically. He was best known for helping the, in the effort to crack the German Enigma codes, something which is credited with bringing World War II to end years earlier than expected. But And Turing was also credited as the grandfather of modern computing. However, says this report, due to his sexuality, Alan Turing was chemically castrated and barred from working for uh, GCHQ, the spy bank, um, and eventually driven to suicide. Hmm. Now, he was royally pardoned in 2013, and it's suggested here that having his face on the note would be a wonderful, respectful statement. Well, of course, being the grandfather of the computer age, um, starting at all sort of thing, um, where would we be in this world without the damn things? Yes, but ironically, there'll be the downfall of the 50-pound note <laughs> eventually. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, that's true. And we, we might want to note that the new notes, no pun intended, are going to be polymer and could well be made in Australia. That doesn't surprise At our Reserve yeah. Bank. Yeah. It's our technology. Yes, it's our technology. Well, you showed us one of the new $50 bills this morning. Yeah. Chris, I've, I hadn't seen them. They're very much, they seem much thinner or something rather, don't they, to the older 50 Oh, that's only because they haven't been crumpled up yet. Oh, is that what it is? You haven't used Absolutely yours? They're not three-dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> but, but one thing about it they have done is put little dots on them for the blind people so exactly. that they know exactly Touch. what... And uh, they're made out of parrots. The parrots, are they? It's polymer. Polymer. Oh, no. <laughs> Love radio? Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Turn us on anywhere. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. And Philip, if you'd like to send us an email. People may communicate with us. We are been there at joy.org.au. And um, we love getting your little notes. Yes, telling us how good we are or telling the truth. Oh, right. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you want to be a politician now, do you? Why not? <laughs> I can lie as well but, as the next but guy. Do, do you know that in the beginning of this month, November, I'll talk about, Australia became involved in the beginning of WW1, World War One. The 1st of November, the first troop ship left Albany in WA, carrying New Zealand and Australian soldiers to the Middle East. And why were we going there? Oh, because we had to fight for king and country. Oh, once again, or first time ever, we... Oh, no, the no, Boer we the War. war. We've, we fought in every world war that's been on, every war that's been around the world, we have fought in. Luckily, we've actually never had to push an enemy off our own country. Came very, very close. Came close. Very close in the Second World War when they got as far as New Guinea. And they, they had the Brisbane line where they said that they would stop they would burn everything to there. What, the Brisbane Lions saved the war? Yes, that's right. <laughs> the Brisbane. But we are safe because we're girt by sea. Oh, good. They can't and get through the girt. Girty will throw stones at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, we became involved in that in the start of the, uh, of the war, which if you've watched your history books and history sessions that have been on television, how it started with the, um, the, the German Kaiser, who was actually uh, a dead bring a copy of his cousin who was the Tsar of Russia yeah. who was fin- finished up deaded they looked like they they both come out of the same womb they were so closely related they, they and, had the same facial hair and they were they were related to Queen yeah. Victoria yeah. and the he the kaiser didn't like the way he was treated when he went to England 
they didn't like him when he went to England for a visit, a state visit, and he was put in some place where he didn't think it was very nice. And so he had a whole thing about not liking the British crown. And of course, when Franz Ferdinand was killed in um, Bulgaria or wherever it was, um, that was the excuse that he used to sort of um, start the First World War. Well, it was that's right. There were all the royal families were in each other's throats. Well, Victoria was the grandmother of Europe. Yeah. All of, all of her children married into Europe. They married into the Russian thing, and they were they were everywhere. But it was the which we had to go for king and country, which of course was by then it was uh, George the Fifth, I think, wasn't it? Now was it uh, Edward? Yeah. I can't remember which king was us. Yeah. Now were Australians actually uh, dragooned into going, or did they volunteer? Oh, they didn't really want to go, but they were forced to go because they were. Um, it was one of those things where you had to go because the um, what was his name, Little Billy Hughes, was the prime minister or something rather, and they had a they had a referendum, and once again that was not to happen, but he made it happen in a way way all our guys went. And there were so many of our small country towns were absolutely uh, depleted of male residents when when yeah. it was on because they just all went and joined the the forces to go and fight for king and country. So which the is, fathers and all the strapping sons. Well, the strapping sons mostly because yeah. the fathers had to stay home and watch the farms or something or other, you know. Oh. And there was areas where all the twenty year olds went off and uh, only a few of them came back. It was seen as a great adventure by a lot of young, oh, that's right. younger yeah. men too. Yeah, but they thought that they were going to be. A lot of them went to the into Egypt and everything and, and finished up with um, sexual transmitted diseases and they had to be sent to hospitals where they would be partly cured so they could go back to the fight on the front again. But uh, it was just a total adventure for all the um, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. But it was certainly turned out to be a rotten thing. And, and on the 11th of this month, 11th of November, we'll have the anniversary of the armistice where yeah. this, this four-year war Ended. Yeah, it was a hundred years, years ago. So we'll be mentioning that in next week's program as well. Well, I'm sure the lead up to it will be very big because I know they're, they're doing it. They've already done, uh, been advertising something that's happening at Villas Bretonnier in France, mm. uh, which is the, where the, the thing is Remember Australia is written up yeah. all over the place because they, they say Australia saved them. Now, one of the things that makes us remember of uh, the European war as it was at that time is here in Australia at this time, we have displays of red poppies. That's right, yes. Well, the red poppy was the only thing that was growing in all the mud in on, on the um, war fields. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that kept growing. And um, they, that's why they, we now have this red poppy. And I've got them growing in my garden at the moment, and they are absolutely stunning. Me too. Yeah, they're beautiful flowers, and um, they look gorgeous. And yeah. they'll be self-setting for next year as well. Oh, yeah, they'll be, they seed like crazy, so it'll be fun. We, as you mentioned earlier, have we, Australia, have been in lots of wars, and it's only recently probably due to the Invictus Games, that the current generation is starting to realise that, likewise, our fathers, our current generation, have had their own wars. Australia hasn't actually been deeply involved, but we've still had people in wars. Well, we've had Vietnam, Korea, Vietnam. Since the Second World War, we had Korea, Vietnam. Then we've got Malaysia. Afghanistan, Malaysia. We've had Afghanistan. Now we're in all those bits and pieces which we shouldn't be involved in anyhow but um we we are there but the but the thing is that what gets me is as you mentioned the invictus games i watched religiously watched them all because i just thought it was it was just such a wonderful human 
idea of sport to help people be overcome their um, different bits of PSTD and, and all those things and people with no arms and legs and all the yeah. rest of it taking part in sporting competitions but I would ask people if they've been watching oh no why watch that you know yeah. Yeah. and I thought to myself oh you just don't realise what you're missing out on you're missing out on the way human beings should react but and then it's basically I think that our own lives in this day and age are not touched like they were back in 1914 and you've also got to remember that the press did not do anything about the Invictus Games not a thing no. it was only it was only that they were on the ABC that I was I was watching it but there was never anything in the papers about what was happening how these people mm. were overcoming all this stress and strain and all the rest of it by being sent to these bloody war zones you know yeah. and of course now they're going to spend 500 million dollars on a, on revamping the the, the war memorial. The war memorial in Canberra. I reckon they should spend the money on looking after these people that they they sent up there and they've come back <laughs> damaged. Oh well, it's it's a way of remembering that a lot of people sacrificed their life and also their own well-being by losing limbs and mm. losing their mind. And this is what they went through because we sit here watching our things happen on the TV mm. and or we play it on as a game on our consoles. And it's uh, press start again, restart, you know, mm, and mm. it's war is not like that. Not at all. War it's, is hell. Or as on the Sullivan's, war is heck. War is heck. <laughs> Couldn't say hell at 7pm on a weeknight no. on TV. No, not in those oh. days. That's the thing, and, and um, it's going to be interesting to see what they what they bring on about Gallipoli and all Anzac Day and all the rest of it. But that, that'll be next year, of course, will be Anzac Day. But the Armistice Day is a. It, it, I think it's more solemn. Actually, it's it reminds you of the whole thing, not just one battle. Yep. But anyhow, that's right. So we've got that to look forward to yes. sometime next week. It's about time for us to go. So thanks oh. very much for being with us. Join us next week. So until Hopefully. then, bye for now. Bye bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy ninety four point nine. Support Joy ninety four point nine by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.